straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. This is On Second Thought, episode 327, brought to you by Hook'em.com and our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles. And Duck, the Texas baseball team, is off to a rip-roaring start, 7-1 and one to start the season, including six in a row, all at the house. And uh, But now the, the road beckons, and man, this is sexy. LSU at 7 on Friday, Texas State at 3 on Saturday, and Bandy at 11 on Sunday at the Astros Foundation Classic at Minute Maid Park in H-Town. Cannot wait. So David Pierce is here to give us the lowdown on the horns. What's up, Coach? How you doing, Kurt? Everything's going well. I mean, it's a little different kind of start because we did start with our first eight at home and you know, it's it's strategic, but then sometimes it's just how the schedule breaks down. So if you look at maybe a year ago, the gauntlet was at the beginning, and then we came back home. And now, you know, we have a good homestand. Now we hit the gauntlet of, you know, minute made to the Aggies here to on the road at Tech. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. But team's doing well. Yeah, I'm really pleased with where we are and the growth that we've already made throughout those first eight games and finding out about some players, finding out about guys that, you know, play well under the lights, guys that, uh, you know, a little wide-eyed right now, trying to work through that. So guys that have started hot, guys that have struggled, but you see how they respond. That's the whole key right now. So uh, let's see here. Cal Poly, 27 innings by your pitchers. Let me add it up here. Uh, yeah, zero runs. Uh, yeah. As, as a new Longhorn pitching coach, uh, does that work for you? That works anytime that they can't score, we can win. You know, we have a motto, if they don't score, they can't win, right? Good uh, motto. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a good weekend. I would, I would – contributed our defense with that as well. We played tremendous defense. We talked that all the time, pitching and defense wins a lot of baseball games and definitely puts you in position to win every game if you do that. If you pitch and play defense and it comes down to a timely hit, that's usually a pretty good day for the Horns. And I'm at the Sunday game and they hit a drive to right field and the kid's trying to stretch a Trying to stretch a uh, <laughs> go to first to third on on a, on wow. a single, and Max Ballou just came up, and man, that, those were some Dylan Campbell memories. There's some flashback memories. I was like, man, I didn't know Max had that hose, and he hit a homer in the same game. And I asked him about it. I go, what was cooler, the hose or the homer? He goes, I'll take the hose all day long, and <laughs> I think that's the kind of attitude you're looking for from some of your guys, right? Yeah, I mean. There's so much to that play that Max made because, one, he got a great first step. He got behind the baseball made a, a good, hard, aggressive, accurate throw. But Jalen's in the middle of the field, and, you know, he was able to deke the, the hitter from going to second base. So it keeps a, 
you know, force play at second or double play intact. But uh, Max just made a perfect throw. And on the back end of it, Peyton does such a good job of deking and then catching tag. But what's interesting is Stills, their leadoff hitter, mm-hmm. got thrown out at second, third, and home all in one game. <laughs> he was the back end of the uh, double relay down the left field line. He was the he was the closest to scoring the whole weekend and just couldn't. Oh my god, that dude was not slow. He was not. No, slow. no, no. I think he was a little surprised, but he's not slow. But they're a solid team. I thought we played well. Um, you know, the key is just making the other team earn it. And then we come out last night, and that streak ended quickly. But if you look at it, we had two free passes in the first inning. And so if we can avoid those wild pitch, pass balls, you know, when we start giving 90s away, that's when you, you create opportunity for the other team. And you say teams always grow when they're facing adversity, facing challenges like you're going to this weekend. Uh, LSU is just like you, I think, 7-1. and one. Don't, Obviously, we know they're a good program. They played Stony Brook in northern, North Illinois, I think, Uh but they got this pitcher, Luke Holman, uh, had seven shutout innings. So far, he's got 18 strikeouts, one walk. Uh, I assume we're going to see him against LBJ on Friday night. Is that your assumption? Um, I would think so. They started herd there on their Friday night starts, and they hadn't done well the first two weeks. So Holman's a transfer, big arm. Um, we're potentially going to play four or five left-handers in the lineup. So – I could see Holman going. Yeah, I don't know for sure. It hadn't been announced. I don't know how good he is. He's going. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're liking the progression you're seeing. He's so smooth and in control, isn't he? And sometimes he throws. It looks very effortless, doesn't it? He just he works so hard on his timing. He works so hard on his delivery, but he's never sitting still. If he's catching up for a fungo hitter, he's working on his sets. He's you know, he's got that uh, – uh, I don't know what it's actually the real name for it, but he's always putting that vibrator on his body and just, you know, trying to keep himself ready to go. He's just always thinking ahead. I mean, he's grown so much from where that kid started. But we know when he goes out, we got a pretty good shot of winning the game. Hey, how's uh, Tanner Witt coming along? I know you're playing the long game with him. He's had a couple of appearances – um, we both know this. We all know this is a a marathon and not a sprint. So, uh, what's what's your um timetable with him and bringing him along to have him ready for a conference? Well, you had to stick around in the ninth when it was fifteen to four last night to see. I could. He threw, he threw an incredible inning last night. It looked like down angle ball jumping, it, up to ninety three. 94. So closer. That most that was the most encouraging uh outing that he's had. And and that was last night. So see how he recovers. We'll build off of that. But yeah, I think two people look at you know, the guy has the surgery, 14 months, he's gonna be ready, he's gonna be better. Some guys are slower than others. Some guys mm-hmm. it just takes a little more time. So hopefully it's starting to come together for him. He's worked really hard for it. What did you see out of Charlie Hurley from his first to his second start? Uh, being Charlie Hurley and not worrying about, you know, 
things he can't control. Um, just really being a kid that, that, that that's comfortable in, in being Charlie, being comfortable in his skin and, you know, uh, going out and attacking hitters. He's got a fastball that just runs like crazy. Sometimes he has to understand where it starts. It moves so much. Uh, and then the slider plays off of that, the changeup. But I still think he has more in the tank, and I also think he has better command, and that comes with confidence and success. So hopefully we get a good start on Saturday from Charlie. It was really cool to watch. Um, I mean, those guys at the top of your lineup, um, Jared Thomas, Peyton Powell, just – I mean, they're like, just jump on our back and 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 watch what we do and just follow suit. And uh, Jalen Flores – playing well here lately. Um, Max and uh, Max definitely showing some signs, a couple of homers, a um, couple uh, against the Cal Poly. Porter and Jack, Jack O'Dowd uh, been a little slow out the gate. We asked you about that on Sunday. Um, what do you say to them? Or is it just a, uh, is it just a thing where they just have to work their way out of it and being veteran guys? Well, that's exactly it. They, they're going to have to keep working and, and understanding we're trying to win games at the same time. And so we have some good young players that can fill in here and there. Um, I think a key always when you talk about adver adversity is how do those guys, how do they go to work every day? Are, are their minds the same as if they were hitting 350? Um, is their intent the same? Are they feeling sorry for themselves or are they, you know, understanding it's a, it's a long season and they can get through it just like the guys that are having such great success in JT and, and Peyton. If those two guys can maintain that when they're not hitting and do other things, it helps the team win, you know, JT can really run so he can do some things with his legs. Um, they can both bunt. They can do multiple things when they're not getting hits. And I think that's the key for Porter and Jack is being able to, you know, be great leaders, uh, understand that, keep working, and and it's going to work out for them. And it's a tough game, and it's the hardest thing to do in sport, and everybody's got the answers. But, you know, those guys have to – they have to fill things in their body. And, you know, they're never going to quit working. And so just getting them to work on the right things is the key. And they'll come out of it. I wonder of all the the great progress that you've seen, I would imagine Jalen Flores is pretty high near the top of the list because the way he's hitting, the way he's fielding, you know, he's making some plays deep in the hole, great arm. Do you see his confidence really kind of growing day by day, David? Well, Cedric hit on Max a couple of times, and those are by far the the two greatest improvements since last year. Both went out and played hard and did well in the summer, had good falls, they're getting more physical. But Jalen is really starting to look like a shortstop with confidence and making some plays that, you know, not too many guys can make because he's got the big arm. He can throw in the run. Moving he moved really well to his left yesterday on a couple of balls up the middle. He can throw at different angles, but he's learned all that. And you don't learn that unless you're willing to put in the work. And so he's got a couple of pretty good teachers and Coach Miller, and then Tulo's always around. And so, yeah, he uh, he he's done a great job. And then he, he and Caleb have done a great job with his swing. And 
you know, I think the next step is how we handle velocity. How do how do we handle better pitching as we move deeper in the season? And and the, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go well, ahead. Well, I was going to ask you about the home runs. He's got what four now and a couple grand slams, and that's great. But I don't know. There was times last year he'd overswing. It seemed like, and so is that kind of a mix, uh, mixed blessing a little bit? Well, I want them to get their swing off and hitters counts and. Getting your swing off and swinging with tension are two different things or overswinging. You know, people talk about how hard you should swing. I think you should swing as hard as you can with no tension in your body and your head being still, whatever that is. And, and I think he's starting to understand that. He's a really good low ball hitter, so he's got to understand the ball up and in is a pitch that is tough to get to, and most of the time it's a ball. Uh, of that pitch so the more he can recognize that pitch and see the ball out over home plate um and those come with at bats and, and and you know learning from those at bats the confidence from that uh but he's seen it well he had a great great night last night he had six rbis in the grand slam he's hit three grand slam the <laughs> miami one and then two this year so hopefully he has a knack for hitting with guys in scoring position right He's a guy, when you need a grand slam, he's a guy you put up. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really excited to see. I mean, they you started the season at home, and and then you get you get this. I love the word you use because I used it um, when I wrote about this over the weekend, the gauntlet. You get two top ten teams, and then you get the Aggies. And you know, after, after your guys have been sleeping at home and playing at the Yeti Yard and all of that, how excited are you as a coach to see how they react to this upcoming four game stretch? This is this is the time where you know you've had success. Now you get into a big league venue against really good teams. Um, we haven't been there yet as 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 this team. Um, it's a great challenge and, and you test yourself. You're going to get popped in the mouth and how you handle that. And can we throw pitches? Here's a good example. Can we throw pitches that are the same pitches we've been throwing that maybe we've had success on? And now a good pitch gets hit in the gap. How do we handle that? Do we still have the ability to stay on attack? You know, because results affect how players react. And so if they can continue to trust their, themselves at home plate defensively, you know, that's another piece we look at. We haven't played no grass. You know, mm. you get grass and dirt. That's that's always one thing that I always concern myself with about lazy is not the right word, but forgiving on our turf is. And so you get for, forgiving hops. You don't mm. play with a lot of overspin. So – those are a lot of the challenges for one weekend of, you know, great teams, big league ballpark, natural surface. So we'll see. It'll be interesting how we respond, but it'd be a, a heck of a challenge for sure. And and lastly, for me, I, I was looking at some polls, and uh, the top five had uh, four SEC teams. It was like LSU, Arkansas, Tennessee. Uh, Vanderbilt and uh, out of the top 21, there were 11 in the SEC counting you guys. So, uh, do you want to just stay in the Big 12 or are you just like that's that's a shark bit there? You have a choice, <laughs> you, can, you can rebel and 
and stay in the Big 12. <laughs> I may want to go back to the days South. Are in Vegas. So, yeah, I want to go to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to the Southland, man. <laughs> Smart guy. The Big 12 Let's go, Bearcats. Let's go. Big 12 is tough. So, yeah, yeah the SEC is good, but we're not there yet. We got to we got to focus this year, and uh, we got a lot of work to do, and we got plenty of room to get better, and we're excited about going on the road and see how we do. Man, it's a fun, they're a fun watch. Get out there to see them. If you can't go to Minute Maid, I know those tickets of the Aggie game are probably already gone. So that's that is what it is. But uh, you know, the good news is Kirk and I'll be there. So yeah. There you go. Well, you gotta have a student ID to get in the Yeti yard for that one, I'm sure. <laughs> That'll be packed. Getting over to that Yeti yard. I'm getting over to everybody keeps saying that. that looks like fun. It's man. been a big hit. All yeah. right, guys. I appreciate you. All right, Thank David, you, and uh, good it. luck this weekend. All right, thanks for having me. All right, take care. On Second Thought. Great conversation with David Pierce, Duck. Uh, just a, it's a fun start to the baseball season, and the Longhorns are off to a really nice little roll here to start the mm-hmm. season. This is a test. Mm-hmm. Test. Yeah. We're going to find out a lot about them over these next 10 days or so. No question about it. And then that's what makes it fun when you're playing the big boys. And I like it when they, you know, play challenging schedule. You know, basketball didn't play that great a schedule this year. You know, played UConn and Marquette and got wiped the floor with both those. So, um, yeah, it's going to, it looks like a really good baseball team. And the offense looks pretty good and the defense looks great. And they got a lot of arms in the bullpen. Someone's, someone's got to emerge from all those arms. No, they already are. I think I think Gage, Bame, and Grant Fenton, Fontenot and Chris Howard are all really good. So I think that gives him some options. Well, the Texas basketball team, Doug. They're back. Going to Lubbock, shutting it down. Shutting down the, what is it, the supermarket. I mean, clean up on aisle seven, 81-69 to close mm-hmm. out the, the long-hated rivalry with Tech. More important, the Horns go to 18-10, and 7-8 and eight in the Big 12. Duck, uh, before that game, Joey Brackett's had them at a 10 seed. They got a good chance to move up a little bit. They get Oklahoma State on uh, Saturday at the Mood, 1 o'clock. Uh, the ladies will play that night at 7. I think they have a good chance to move up to a nine or an eight seed duck up because they could beat Oklahoma state. Yeah. Um, they got Baylor that Monday. That's going to be tough, but they've already beaten Baylor once. Mm-hmm. They they finish up at the house against Oklahoma, I believe on March 8th. Uh, what do you, what do you think their chances are moving up a little bit from that 10 spot? Well, they better beat Oklahoma state. They're going to, even though they play better lately, they bring up the bottom of the conference and, the conference is what's keeping them afloat. I just checked uh, the bracketology. ESPN and CBS both have them still as ten seed yep. uh, so far, and uh, one oh. of them's got them playing Utah State. The other one's got them playing Nevada. Uh, and here's what saves them: is that their net, you know, is thirty three, which was pretty damn good for a team that's been so inconsistent. And their strength of schedule is ranked eleventh. So, all because of the conference. You ain't got nothing. All to, because uh, of the conference. Yep. No. 
And I was looking at some of the other teams that are in, like some seven seeds. Washington's a 36 net, TCU 38, Nevada 39, Tech 42. Oklahoma's an eight seed. Their net's a 40. And there, there's some over 100 net. A lot of those are automatic qualifiers if they win their mid-major conference. So, but but no, I agree that and their five and seven quad one record right now has got them in. So, but it's only as good as your next game. I'll trust be the Cowboys. Don't. Oh, Max Aceman's gets laid out early in that game. And Duck, I know you're over at tennis, but he gets laid out and he's busted open. And uh, they got to put a big old bandaid on his forehead and, he hadn't been able to buy a bucket. No. And after he gets laid out, he comes back and he has his best game in a month. He scores 18 points and oh. maybe just needed that brain chemistry. Maybe need to hit the reset button. 21 from Old Faithful, Dylan DeSue. Caden Shedrick, that was found money, 10 points in eight minutes, a couple of block shots. And then the OG, Brock Cunningham, who is the man in the black hat when it comes to Texas Tech. Uh, goes in there for the final time, and Lord knows he's played more games at in that arena than some guys that play at Tech. Nine and seven, and then he gets thrown out, and he throws up the hookums as he's going out. I go, man, if that guy isn't a professional wrestler waiting to happen, and he does watch wrestling, if he's not a professional wrestler waiting to happen, I don't know who is. He's like the Cody Clemens. Remember, he was flashing the horns and staring down the Aggie dugout. Oh, man, as he rounded third base, I go, man, that is – I always remember that. I always remember that. But, like, you hit on it. I mean, Dylan DeSue, Max A. Smith, 39 points. And that's almost what you got to have. And Max Max was wearing down. He had three straight games, single-digit scoring. His his shot was not going down. And then the defense, they held Tech to 36%. And Texas was plus 14 on the boards. That's all you got to know right there. But, Kendall uh, Weaver, good yeah. things happen when Kendall Weaver is in the game. There's yeah. no denying. I don't even know what his plus or minus is for the year, but I bet it's like yeah. because it hits free throws. happen. The block yeah. shot down the stretch when Tech's trying to make, trying to get back in. Uh, just a hustle, just a hustler. And, you know, yeah. Tyreek Hunter, is, this has been a disappointing season. Let's just call it yeah, No question about but it. If, Ken, if Kendall, Kendall Weaver could shoot it a little bit, if Kendall Weaver could shoot it a little bit, uh, he'd get even more minutes. Weaver is a is a energizer bunny, and he knows how to make things happen in the game on both ends, and they're always good. Well, he's 9-11 at the free throw line. Those are you know, gravy points, and plus you add in eight rebounds and tenacious defense every time he steps on the floor. And, you know, that's that, that sense of urgency that seems like it's been lacking for too much of conference play. And uh, that's what they got to keep going. They got to play that way every game from now on. That's the way Houston plays for 40 minutes. They get after you. They flat get after you. I don't know. I'm just – I'm freaking old school. I think defense is about so much want to – you know, there's not the glory in playing defense and on-ball perimeter, but boy, Houston sure bought in and it's taken them to number one in the country. So Rodney Terry needs to get get after his guys and say we can't relax at home because we know they can lose at home because they've done it before. They're not very good at home. They haven't been. They no. are. They are very good at home, and 
Oklahoma State, Duck, I watched a little of their game against Oklahoma. They gave Oklahoma all they could yeah. have. And Oklahoma has hit a three at the buzzer to win the game. Yeah, and didn't didn't they beat BYU? I thought they may have beaten BYU. It was just beat Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. I'm telling you, BYU's my sleeper pick in the NCAA tournament. They are old. They know what they're doing. Shoot. And, they, Duck, they can shoot. And fill they, up the basket. And they lost by 10 to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma yeah. State, those kids, they're the youngest team in the league. Mm -hmm. One of the youngest teams in the country. Mike Boynton has them playing yeah. hard when they when they aren't going to be a tournament team. And, and to show up night in and night out in this league, Duck, and give and give an honest effort and ha and and spring a couple of upsets on your own. Don't don't be shocked if they come out here and get after Texas. I'm picking the Horns to win at home, of course. They, they they've come too far now to blow it. Now they know that eight and ten. We were we've been saying for weeks that eight and ten is probably going to be good enough in conference mm -hmm. to get them into the tournament. But a chance to move up and avoid that big dog in the second round is what they should be after. Yeah, according to the two bracketologists, Lenardi's got them. If they beat Utah State, he's got them playing Kansas, and this is in Omaha, second round. And you know who's going to be favoring that one. And uh, Jerry Palm for CBS Sports, you know, has them playing Nevada. They win that. They're playing the Fighting Shakas and Marquette after that in the second game. So you're right. It's all about playing hard, moving up, and – getting off that, you know, eight, nine, ten seed line and try to get to a seven or something like that. And they they could still do that. You know, I mean, they can beat Tech and Lubbock, nasty place to play. They can beat Baylor and Waco because they've ugly. already beat them in the Austin. Okay, that got ugly. That got ugly. It Apparently, was yeah. it people was are throwing water kind of riotous. Water bottles flying all over the place. Uh, Grant McCaslin, the tech coach, who I really like, Duck. I think he's I think he's up and coming. I, I like where he's doing with that program. He gets yeah. on the mic on the PA, and he goes, hey, they're going to give us a technical if someone else throws stuff. Every time someone th throws something on the, on the court, they're going to give us a technical. So stop throwing stuff. Am I clear about that? And they didn't throw any more. But, yeah, they – not, nothing makes them more angry than losing on the horns. And knowing that they're not going to play them again makes it even worse. I right. mean, you have a special hatred for Texas out there on the plains, fam. Well, you know, you know, fan behavior has been a big topic lately. And uh, as far as people that throw water bottles and a full beer can, as supposedly happened in Lubbock, you know, if I'm security and I'm Texas Tech, I'm studying film, you find a guy who's throwing water or a full beer can, which you could kill somebody, something like that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm like, you know, pulling your ticket, you know, you know, maybe expelling you from school. And that brings me into court storming a little bit, which is a very complicated issue. It's part of the color and pageantry, but it's, it's gotten to be so tiresome and overdone. Don't you think? Yeah. As far as you beat a number 18 team and you're, Starting the court. Bad enough and, to overrated because your team not yeah. very good and you won. How about how about chant underrated because your team won? And and when you get two of the biggest stars in America, Kyle Filipowski and, yeah. and, and Caitlin Clark, who is the 
the biggest best college basketball star on the planet right now, right. men or women, getting trucked because fans are just so excited. Here's the thing. The networks need to quit showing it. I mean, that's a photo op for them, too, of the overhead. Yeah, they love it. yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, it, that's that's the photo op for them. And then there these penny, these little pithy little fines aren't aren't moving the needle. So what yeah. you find a conference a hundred thousand dollars? Who cares? Find yeah. them a million. Find them a million and see and watch court storming stop all of a sudden. Jay Billis, friend of the podcast, Duck said that he he would just detain everybody and arrest them. Now you're asking for a riot. Yeah, I think that's going too far. I and I thought Greg Byrne, Alabama AD, he said you should forfeit the game. No, you know, no. I don't agree with either one of those. I. I you know, if you want to get seriously and expel somebody from school, then you know that's a punishment. And I wrote about my nine so things. You're not expel six thousand kids. No, I don't know what you do, but for throwing stuff, you could. Uh, I don't know. I, I wrote in nine things that you know, if the game's done, if you're ahead by seven with ten seconds, you know, you pull the other off the floor, get them off, and then celebrate all you want. Uh, and and have an official's timeout that that they decide that you know because the safety of the players you know has to come first. Uh, everybody, if you don't agree with that, you're a knucklehead, you know, because you want the players to to get off the floor safely. Uh, and then you know I mentioned you know some European soccer leagues. What they do is they they make you play your next home game in an empty arena, you know, wow. and, and that's a costly. You know, recognition. That is, it is. So there are different ways you can do it, and I doubt that any going to take any action before next season. But I think this may be the most serious off-season point of discussion for basketball. It has to be, Doc, because if someone's going to get seriously, seriously hurt, Filipowski says he's he's sore, but he's he's probably going to be good. Yeah, but the potential, like you said, potential. What if he blows his knee out? He's an All-American candidate. He's a player of the year candidate. So those are are the kind of things that you want to avoid. And football and and, and that game, that Duke game, was different because it came down to the last play, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the game was still on the line there. Now, if there's two minutes left and you're up by 12, we know where that's going. And you Mm -hmm. you can preserve the safety of these kids. But yeah. on that thing, man, those kids are sitting ducks. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, no, I know, but it's it's uh, it's gotten everybody's attention now, and uh, probably something will come up in the off season. Last thing, Doug, the uh, the the NFL rookie scouting combine is is coming up. Eleven Longhorns going. Um, uh, anyone that piqued your interest, I know I talked to Christian Jones this week. I'm going to have a a weekend column on him. He's working out in Frisco and. He's excited about the invites. He's really added to his resume. He had a good senior bowl. And uh I think I think he's gonna be drafted. And the Horns don't have an, a lot of offensive linemen drafted. He'll, no, be they the don't. Third. He'll be the third since 2018. That's not a lot. No, and that that's spoken to a lot of their problems, you know, before this this great season that they had. Uh, he's probably a, th- a day three uh draft choice. 
you know, if you're anybody, you're you're playing your senior year or fifth year senior year, you're you're probably not going to be a top prospect. But he was always one of our favorites. Still sure. is. Just a great kid. Uh, and yeah, I root for root for the best for him. The one I always like. I'm just such an AD Mitchell fan that I just think he can skyrocket. And this is boy, this is a killer wide receiver class. I mean, you look at Romo Dunze and Neighbors and Thomas and Harrison. Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison. Just go down the list. Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy. There could be – I won't be surprised there's six or seven taken in the first round. And, it's uh, you know what it's turning into? It's turning into football fantasy leagues. A little bit. Leagues back in the day were running back heavy in the first round. Right. But right. with the advent of the spread offense and the quarterbacks throwing it more – uh, my leagues, and we're in an auction league together, at least we were, and my league is an open open draft. Uh, it's receivers now, Duck. Yeah. It's receivers that are dominating, get or getting those, getting picked mm-hmm. in those rounds. So I think yes. this is going to be a fun draft. I'm telling you, A.D. Mitchell to the Kansas City Chiefs, look out, man. Look yeah. out. Well, I think Maybe. the Cowboys, I'd be looking at him. Yeah, I know, and they need a left tackle, probably uh, more than anything. Maybe a linebacker with Vander Esch's, you know, he's retired, isn't he? So I, I think, so. I think they could look at those two positions. But yeah, I, I think Kansas City definitely needs a receiver, and boy, this is the year to have it. And you know, if you're playing with you're playing with Marquez Valdez Gantling too. Yeah, it's all gravy. So if I'm Kansas City, I make some trades and move up because, man, you got that Super Bowl window. You never know when it's going to close, but it ain't closing anytime real soon. But you know, you got to get him some more help, like Green Bay never did. You know, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. So I'd be shocked if they don't get one of these elite receivers and probably trade up. So much going on in sports, Duck, and man, it's 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 a great time of year. March Madness right around the corner, and uh, we're here. We're here to document. We're here to give you perspective. Got to thank David Pierce for joining us. Big weekend coming up for the Horns, followed by Aggies on Tuesday. That is going to be raucous at the dish. So uh, lots going on. And uh, shout out to to the Austin – ATX opened at, at the Westwood Country Club. You were there to see uh, our very own Peyton Stearns. Yeah, yeah. She bowed out in the first round, unfortunately, uh, against the Slovakian uh, young lady who's unseated but quality. You know, she's won titles on the WTA tour. And even though Peyton Stern lost in three sets, you know, it's still quality field. She's still playing doubles with Sloan Stevens. Sloan Stevens is still in the singles draw. So it and there were like seven Americans and five of them won their matches. So it's very entertaining, good quality tennis. And uh, if you get a chance, you ought to go by and see some of them play. Well, that will do it for episode 327 of On Second Thought. Thanks to David Pierce. Thanks to Kirk Bowles. And thanks to you for listening and are watching us on YouTube, wherever you're watching. We will see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.